Anything combat with Johnny K. But it's anything combat though. Welcome back, combatants, to the Anything Combat Show, wherein we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K, and today we're joined by a special guest. He's ranked number nine in Bellator at Featherweight. He's an up-and-comer. Please welcome Kai Kamaka the third. How are you, my brother? Um, doing good. Doing good. Did you train today, boss? I did. I did train. I trained twice today, so... What did you do in training? Um, this morning I um, had pro MMA like kickboxing class with Coach Eddie Barocco. And then I followed up with some wrestling um, with Coach Nate and Johnny Nunes. Bro, you had an impressive win over Henry Corrales just then. So you've been bumped up to ninth in featherweight. Do you think you deserve a higher ranking spot? Um, I mean, I feel like I'm better than... I'm I'm better than Justin Gonzalez, you know. I, I feel like I beat him, so I mean, uh, I mean, if, if that says I I should be ranked higher, but I um you know I, I I didn't win that fight, so obviously not. But in my opinion, I'm better than better than him, and um I thought I won, but other than that, no. Um, I I'm I'm okay with where I'm at. Dude, you're kind of like, in my opinion, from your last performances in your three-fight win streak and, you know, you being at Extreme Couture and all the rest, I mm-hmm. think that you're kind of entering your prime. Like, I, I've seen I've seen big um, growth in your, in, your, in your MMA game. What do you think the changes have been? Do you think there was a lack of experience with you being younger or do you think that it was more of a mental thing? Um, could be both. Could be both. Um... Yeah, I was just, I, I felt like, yeah, I mean, I matured, I matured, I, I went through some things, kind of slowed me, I slowed myself down, but with, with the same hunger and same drive, and, you know, just paid attention to a lot of detail. It's funny that you say that about about Prime, because um, BJ Penn was saying that too, he feels like I'm coming into my Prime with just how, how things are falling into place, but just, yeah, man, just a true student in the game, and I, I love this, this sport, um, this is like, everything I dreamed of. So, I mean, I'm, um, everything going up in the right direction. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm happy it keeps going that way. When did BJ Penn say that to you? Did you have a conversation with him or did he make a statement? Um, he, he, he messaged, he messaged me on Instagram and then, um, he, he shared it on his, his, um, story. I see. Will you ever go back to the UFC? I saw that you were there, but as we said, you were much younger back then. You're entering your prime now, going on. You might have a large, long win streak at Bellator, and then do you see yourself transitioning back to the UFC? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, um, like if if I would like to or what what not. If I ever got the opportunity to, sure, I'll I'll take that if that presented itself for you know if that if that's the next step. Um, other than that. Um, Bellator has been good. They've treated me well. So, I mean, my, uh, until, until that's up, you know, I'll be at Bellator. Did you like the golden gloves? Are you going to add those to your collection? Um, yeah, my, my, my grandma has it. Um, my grandma in Vegas, she has like all a bunch of memorabilia from me, uh, me and Ray, all, all our fights. So it, it's up at her house already in like a nice case <laughs> who's your biggest competition at featherweight right now who do you want to beat in bellator um i asked to fight james gallagher because he said he was staying at 145 
Um, you know, and we haven't seen Max Holloway versus Conor McGregor too yet. So I mean, why not? Why not um, have a Hawaii versus Ireland that way first? What do you think about the Gallagher um, matchup with you stylistically? Where do you think that you can uh, beat him? I think I can beat him um, everywhere. I mean, if if that's feet to floor, I feel like I can beat him anywhere. Um, you know, my, I feel like my wrestling is better than his. Um, he has great jujitsu, but I mean, I feel like my wrestling nullifies that, and my striking is better than his, and my IQ. Why do you think that you could negate his jujitsu with your grappling? Um, just because the situations that I put myself in, like I'm going with high level grapplers here in Las Vegas, um, up to like even MMA grapplers, Jeremy Kennedy, Mads Burnell, um, yeah, just the caliber, the the way I prepare, um, yeah, I'm always touching all, all bases of MMA. When Patricio Pitbull was really, like, killing it in Bellator, I thought that he was a top-five featherweight in the world, even up against the UFC guys. Recently, he got knocked out in Ryzen, which surprised me. Like, I, I was I was confused that that even happened. So when you saw that, did you think that that was more that he's kind of exiting uh, MMA because he's much older? Or did you think that the guys at Ryzen, that's just their skill level? No, I I didn't think that that was um for any of those reasons actually. Um, you got to look at what happened. He went down in weight when he fought Sergio Perez, so he had to get way smaller, and then he took a last minute fight at in Rising um and at a natural weight. So what that can do to the body physically, um, can take a toll can take a toll. Um, and then going to five round camp doing a five-round camp, fighting a five-round fight, and then not being in a training camp, but also taking a fight really back-to-back. Those are all factors that play into, you know, the the knockout. There's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of different factors. And he was fought at a way bigger weight, you know. And those are all factors, um, not being in a training camp. So there's a lot, some mental factors that could be, could could hinder his like decision making in the fight, you know, just not being as sharp. There's a lot of different there's a lot of different reasons that could happen. Dude, I liked his striking, I liked his grappling. His whole MMA game is very, very high level. How do you think you match up? Do you want that fight? Um, I mean that yeah, that's definitely a fight that I would aspire to, you know, eventually get. But I mean, I'm not looking too far ahead. I I'm looking I mean my my main goal is to just keep getting better right now and whatever fight he's put in front of me. I think that's, Jer- that's my boy Jeremy Kennedy's fight next. Oh, is Jeremy Kennedy jumping uh, and fighting Patricio next? Yeah. Do you think that uh, Jeremy can get that done? For sure, for sure. Um, Jeremy's my main training partner, so I mean, I'm a little biased. Um, but that's my main training partner. And... Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm confident in that. Do you like the co-promotion with Ryzen? Would you ever jump on one of those cards? Yeah, I would. Uh, that's a, definitely something that excites me. Fighting in Japan. Um, I've had uncles that fought in Japan. Um, prosciutto in the in the '90s and the um, 2000s. So I mean, it would, it would be cool to, to you know, um, kind of 
right on to that and you know kind of relate to them in some way on, on the on fighting in japan hearing some other stories that they've told that's uh very interesting that you brought that up that your uncle fought in shudo when did that all happen what's the story behind that is that your is that a hawaiian side of the family as well yep yep um both my uncles my uncle ray cooper and my uncle ronald john um my uncle steven pauling um yeah a bunch of them fought in japan in shuto in the early 90s or to, in the 90s to the in in, in the early 2000s do they inspire you to get into mma yep yep i mean because the mma was still young at that point in, in the early 90s and they got in at an uh, early stage in hawaii and you know a lot of them are hawaiian mma pioneers and yeah so th that was like um the biggest thing you know for us to as kids as for sporting events did they coach you at all like to train you when you were a kid yeah yeah my dad um, my dad coached me a lot, and then my uncle Ron and my uncle Ray, they all had, um, in, um, in, in, what is that called, influence on my career. Um, my uncle Ray and my uncle Ron are recently coaching me up until like the, I, I moved to Vegas. Do you think that the UFC should follow suit what Bellator is doing and co-promote with people like One Championship and stuff? Um, I mean, if if that's what they... If that was what they, something of, of interest to them, but if not, and they're doing well as a business, I mean, why why would they? You know, I would totally understand why they wouldn't. It's not in their incentive from like a profit maximization standpoint, but I do have to say, when you're looking at just the quality of the sport, the way to grow the sport and make it um, better, more competitive, and get more talent is just combining all of the. Uh, corporations and cross promote with absolutely every every single organization. Do you think if they did that, Bellator fighters would have a lot of success? For sure. I mean, but some of us came from the UFC as well, you know. So you don't know who can take the credit for it. I mean, all in all, it's the fighter. But I mean, there's guys like me, Mads, Jeremy. We came from the UFC first, um, and there and. There's, you know, there's guys that are homegrown, you know, but all are going to have success. Um, yeah, um, fighting is so, fighting is so at a high level now that these guys, like, we're, we're training from the same teams. We're just in different spots at different times, you know, so um, I feel like it's an even landscape all the way around. Especially One when the training, the training yeah, no. is at a high level, you know. As a, as, as a culture, MMA culture, it's so high level now. And a lot of information is so accessible, so quick, that everybody's level is stepping up. One fighter that was kind of like a Bellator product is AJ McKee. I think that if he went to the UFC, he could do amazingly. He did the featherweight tournament one that looked great at Bellator. He's gone to lightweight. How do you see himself... Uh, how do you see him performing up against the uh, lightweights, like like Usman Namagamedov in particular? Like, how do you see that fight going? So, I mean, hard to say because the success. I mean, the success is at two different weight classes. Um, it would just. I feel like it just. Ma it doesn't matter about the opponent for AJ. I, I'm, as far as like how well he end up doing, yeah, I think he's such a great athlete that he has the skills. 
I think is if he is able to carry the weight the same, you know, um, that that's the that's the biggest that's the biggest um, difference. The weight weight um, in its natural, you know, who who fights naturally better at that weight? I think that's because their skills are pretty even. So, I, but age is coming up, you know. I mean, it's even as far as like um, not in certain attributes, but they're both great fighters, you know, they're both professionals, so it's a, I feel like the biggest factor would be, like, is it, how is AJ do with bigger guys? Dude, we just saw that with Volk against Islam. Volk's at the top of his game at featherweight, Islam's at the top at lightweight. When you look at them purely stylistically and when it looks at their, um, their skills, they're pretty comparable. But as you saw, when he went up in weight, the size factor and just the intimidation with the range that Islam was uh, just asserting on Volk, he got the head kick and he kind of bullied him in the rematch. How did you react to that fight? Um, I mean, it was early in Vegas, so I wanted I wanted it to go longer just to enjoy the enjoy the Saturday morning. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, see, at that point, though, like, there's a lot of factors that, um, too, like, I mean, just not be, like, you're not in a training camp for so long that the reactions are not the same. That's obviously why we've seen a better fight the first time. You know, both guys are very prepared, very sharp going in, and you've seen a competitive fight. Um, and that's not saying that they wouldn't have in with a camp, you know. I'm not taking anything from Islam. But, you know, um that could change the whole that's just unknown right oh what if he had a camp you know again would it be just as close so that's just a, a, something that's obviously in consideration but yeah size i feel like size does play a big factor in that in that fight so i saw you doing ice baths how serious do you take your recovery and what else are you doing for your recovery um as far as recovery I mean, I do, I do ice baths. Those, those are least favorite, but I do them. But I, um, I focus on sleep the most. Any, any way I can like help myself get as much sleep as possible. You know, I, re I got, I got a bunch of kids. I got a family, but I still, I try to find my rest. I try to make adjustments to where um, I get as much sleep as I can. Um, but red light therapy is, you know, this is something that I've, I've seen work with like wounds and stuff. And then, um, yeah, just, yeah, a lot of rest and the way I eat, lots of, like, um, lots of fruits. Kai, what do you do with your red light therapy? What does that even help with? It, well, it, it, it it's like an anti-aging, um, like a, what do you call it, Te technology tour. Yeah, it, it, I've seen it, I've seen it work the most on, or the quickest, like, to my knowledge, um, after my UFC debut, I had a, like a few cuts, my nose, I think uh, my lip, and then, so I had stitches, but they put me on the red light therapy machine at the UFC PI, and like the the scar, I mean it scarred quicker and everything, um, the skin re just repaired faster. So I started like taking that into consideration with, you know, just being more aware if it, with any like types of bumps and bruises throughout the camp to try to use red light therapy as much as possible. How much sleep are you getting? Um, I mean, I'm trying to aim for like eight hours during camp, eight hours a night at the, at the least. 
um, and then try to take as much naps as I can during the day, which is like only one to two. But when did you first meet Eric Nixeg? I met him in when I when I moved to Las Vegas in 2020. I see. How much impact has he had on your MMA game? Do you equate your MMA success to something that he's done with his with his team and helping you grow as a fighter, or was there other coaches that had a bigger lasting impact on you? Um, I think I think every coach, every I've have I've had so many coaches throughout my my life, obviously, and I think they all had input. Like I mean, um, um, impact on my success. My dad, you know, he, he, like, obviously, and then my Uncle Ray, my Uncle Ron, and then, but just having a new set of eyes, like, you know, moving, like, moving to Las Vegas and having, having Coach Eric Nixick, Ray Seffo, Eddie Baracco, um, James Gifford, the, and then the rest of the um, coaches there, on top of, like, having a baseline of, of, like, family, family knowledge. It just helped me, you know, just a new set of eyes just helped um, to, you know, to elevate my game. New environment. One fighter I really like at Bellator is the welterweight champion, Amosov. He's uh, 27-0. and zero. It's undeniable that he's a very high-level fighter. I like his grappling. Um, he, he seems like he can basically not Khabib people, but really have that long control time, get his ground a pound off and then submit people. So he's a very good fighter. He's fighting Jackson. When I was mm-hmm. talking to the Kill Cliff guys and uh, talking to Tuco Tukos uh, in particular, he basically said, don't sleep on Jackson because he's going to get the upset on Amosov. What's your prediction for this fight? Do you think that uh, who takes Amosov or Jackson? Um, I mean, I, I would take Amosov just from... I'm not taking anything away from Jason Jackson, but I just don't. Um, Amosov hasn't showed any weakness, you know. So it's like um, to be the champ, you gotta beat the champ, and you gotta be like you're gonna have Jason Jackson's gonna have to be incredible to beat um, Amosov right now, at least from what he's shown us, you know. How important is it for you to represent Hawaii, and how much uh, love have you gotten from the Hawaiians? Um. Shoot, I, it's big coming from like such a small spot in the world, you know, small, small island, small state, small landmass, and then to, to to be where I'm at, I just, I mean, I'm 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 grateful that I'm 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 at this point, you know, in my career, in my dreams, to be representing Hawaii or be somebody from Hawaii to make it out of, to make it out on a world stage. You know that that's the that's the coolest thing I think um, for me. You know, like well, I'm from I'm from here, and I made it made it to on, on a on a world scale, comp- competing for you know for my for my career for something that I enjoy. That that's what it means the most to me. One fighter that I really like from Hawaii, as we know, is blessed. Max Holloway is an absolute gun. He's calling out Justin Gaethje. Now, to be honest, I like Max in all fights that he's up against. I give him a chance in all of them. It's just the fact that he does get hit a lot. He is open for shots. Um, I do think if he were to fight Justin Gaethje, I do see him winning a couple rounds. I see him landing on Justin Gaethje um, a lot, actually. Like, I do see him getting into a war similar to the Dustin Poirier rematch. 
I just think that because Justin hits so hard and Max is hittable at lightweight, I think that that his speed won't be enough to stop Justin from landing on him. As you saw Rafael Fazeev, who's one of the fastest fighters at lightweight, couldn't escape Justin's punches. So I think that Justin would maybe uh, finish Max via TKO. I know that's a crazy call because he hasn't been finished before, but I think Justin hits way too hard for that matchup. Do you like this matchup for Max, and how do you see it going if it does? I mean, I I like the matchup for Max. I mean, as far as like a, as a friend of Max, and um, because I mean, for the simple fact that he's you know he's chasing greatness, he's tra- he's daring to be great. I mean, sure, we have we can say whatever we want about what we might what can happen, but Max Holloway he wants to try. You know, he wants to. He wants to be great. He wants to um, always take the next step or ch- and challenge himself in some way. So I mean, you you cannot. Um, I mean, we can say all we want of how we think, but some like Max is not stupid. He's gonna. I mean, he he knows where risk comes reward. So I mean, and and he's willing to take the risk. Who's a Hawaiian fighter that we don't really know about yet that you know who's on the come up that you see doing big things in MMA? Um. Right now, I think the next, like the next couple guys, would be like Alpuni Pagawa and Kanan Kawaihai. Um, I feel like Kanan Kawaihai is is about to, um, you know, take the next step up in competition pretty soon. Where is he fighting right now? Um, shit, I'm not, I'm not sure of the promotion. Um, but he he fought contender series twice, and he lost both of those fights, but. Um, he's still young. He's like 23, I believe, maybe 24. Um, and he, he's like, like you know, like myself. He's turning a corner, and I feel like he's ready to make the like ready to come onto the world stage. You brought up Sergio before when he was fighting Patricio. Now he's fighting Patchy Mix. Dude, I think the pick here is Patchy Mix. I know that that's an interesting call for me, but I think that Patchy's got him. Who do you have in this matchup? Yeah, um, I mean, Patchy's, I feel like Patchy has that fight, um, that bias, obviously he's my, he's my teammate, but I, and just from experience, I've never, I've never gone with Sergio Pettis, um, but I've, I grappled with Patchy Mix, I've I've sparred at Patchy Mix, I just know the level that he's at, and Patchy's grappling is a problem, (laughs) so I mean, if Sergio can keep him off, he'll have a better chance. But um, Patchy is big and and he can grapple. <laughs> so and he's, yeah, he's big for the weight class. He's big for the forty-five as well. Do you see him going to forty-five as well? Mm, I, I don't know. I don't know. But um, he's big. <laughs> I tra- I mean, I'm training him. How often uh, do you go running, and for how long? How many miles do you do? Um, at this point in my like or not career, but my this point in my life, um, as a as a professional athlete, now like the 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 minimum that I run at a time is like five miles. Um, that's just like my 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 like my minimum day and like my if I'm going for a run, it's um probably five miles. But throughout a week, I probably run like fifteen to twenty miles. I've got in the notes, I don't know what this says because I wrote these ages ago, as we know, but it says here that you met BJ Penn as a kid. Is that is that actually a real thing or did I stuff that one up? 
yeah yeah um i mean i've yeah i met bj um as a, as a, as a kid like and so we've had a relationship like all my life when did that all happen um at, yeah at a very young age cuz my my uncles were like like came in the early stages of mma so those guys that all came up together they've all had like close relationships and i was always um i was around mma at a very young age like since the time i was born out of the Hawaiian fighters between Max Holloway and BJ Penn, would you say, which one would you say left uh, the biggest impact on your fighting style as well as just um, uh, inspiring you to pursue this as a career? Well, me and Max kind of came up around the same time. Like he was, oh, like he's a few years older than me, like four years older, four, yeah, I think like four, three or four years older than me. But so we were like kickboxing on the same like kickboxing cards growing up. But BJ Penn, obviously, for like for all Hawaiian fighters, because he just broke onto this, like he just put us on the world map right away. Um, so obviously, everybody in Hawaii was influenced by BJ Penn. But I feel like the guys that have like the biggest influence on my career is obviously like those two. I mean, I mean, um, but and my cousin Ray Cooper is um would probably have the biggest influences. Those three guys, as far as as far as like style. Um, I, I like take down defense of BJ Penn uh, technicality. I try to have the technicality of um, Max Holloway, but also I, I you know, I, um, I, I, I love to get inside like my cousin Ray. So, so we brought up Volkanovski before. He's going to try and make a comeback for January up against Ilya Tapuria. Dude, he might not be able to make it. He has been knocked out. You know, he is getting old. Something might happen. Max might jump in as either a replacement at one point for that fight, if, mm-hmm. if that does happen. I still think that Max wins that up against Ilya. I know Ilya is a, is a young bull, and he's uh, 26 or whatever, and he's undefeated. But I think uh, there's levels to the game. Max Holloway is a pound-for-pound fighter. I think he can... Uh, maybe in the boxing exchanges, maybe Ilya might have the advantage. But when it comes to a straight kickboxing match, I think Max's size length will probably be um, very difficult for Ilya. I don't see Ilya getting him down, and I do see Max running away with the rounds. It might be a close fight, but I do predict that Max Holloway would probably win the decision if that if that fight happens. So do you see Max getting himself in a situation where he can win the featherweight belt if that occurs? Yeah, I mean... I I believe in Max, um, just because he hasn't showed any reason why he would lose to anybody besides Volk yet. So if it's not Volk, I don't think he's gonna lose. Just just I mean, and he showed that you know he hasn't lost to anybody but Volk. So I'm not gonna. I mean, why I I just have no reason as as a fellow Hawaiian and and as a friend of Max. I mean, why why would he lose? I mean, just from what I've what on paper paper, you know he. Volk just has his number, and I just feel like, um, yeah, so, and I, I feel like he's, without Volk, he's a champion still yet, I mean, you know, that's like, sounds weird to say, but, I mean, that's just the way it is, I mean, like, every, he's fought the guys behind him, you know, Yair, he's fought, um, Cater, and it, there's like a level between Max Holloway and Volkanovski, but there's also a level between Max Holloway and the guys behind him, so, that's who I feel. I see that happening, man. Volkanovski, he's, he is old. I do see him retiring in the next three, four years. At that point, Max Holloway is still going to be around 34, 35. 
So in three, four years' time, when Volk's completely out of the sport, he won't be able to fight young contenders at featherweight, but Max still would be able to. So I don't see people like Movzai Ivloev, Victoria, these undefeated young guns. I don't see people like Josh Emmett, Giga Chikadze. I don't see any of them really beating Max. So do you think that Max could have a second belt uh, later down the track and defend it for for a couple of years before retiring? Yeah, I feel. I, I mean... I, I I mean, I feel like I feel like he can. He's still young. Let's talk about your belt, bro. You you won the Destiny belt. What is the story behind that? How'd that make you feel? Um, I mean, I've won like like um, several kick, kick like local kickboxing belts back home. So I mean, which one were they? Um, shoot, they, it was like the one show was like called like Kicking It, and then the other one was like called like HFC. So I've won like hometown belts before. So um, I mean, it there wasn't really much thought into the amateur the amateur belt that of that destiny. I just yeah, I wanted to be in the UFC. So um, it, I mean, that it it really didn't mean much back then. Do you look back at it with fond memories, or do you just not care about it? Um, I mean, I guess when you when you talk when you talk like this about it, it's like. I mean, I I've just came a long way, and that was like a speck in time, like right out of high school, to where I mean, yeah, it's such a small time, small part of like you know the journey. Yeah, I mean, you look back and appreciate it, but I really don't care about it at this point. <laughs> How happy were you with your most recent performance? Do you think that you could have done better, or do you think everything went to plan? Um, no, I, I, I watched it over today for like the first time, like the whole thing. And yeah, just really disappointing. Like I, I feel like I could have did way better than that. Um, yeah, I just feel like I underperformed. And so, um, I mean, went as planned, I got the win, but as far as, um, the amount of output there was, uh, and yeah, I mean, I just was letting a little bit, a little bit. A lot more time than I wanted to slip away. What's one thing that you saw that there was when you were re-watching the whole fight? What's one part of the fight that you saw that you were uh, angry with yourself about that you could have improved on? Um, yeah, that would be that would be it. Like just adding on to the, the the things that I was already doing in the fight, and just adding on a little bit more to the combinations. Every single fighter that I have on the show says something different. Sometimes I ask them, how did they like the UFC? And they say to me, oh, I loved it. It was the best. And then some fighters I ask, how was your time at the UFC? And they said they absolutely hated it. So I'm going to ask you now, what was your experience at the UFC? Did you enjoy yourself there? Or do you just not give a fuck about them and you're just going to stay at Bellator? Um, I mean, I loved the time at the UFC. It just, it ended, it ended weird. You know, that's that's it. So it's like, I love the time of the UFC, but it ended weird and it made me a better fighter today. So, um, yeah, I love the time of the UFC. It just, it ended, it didn't, it, it ended, yeah, in a weird way, but that was just a part of the journey. Have you tracked your top running speed? Like, uh, what, what, what do you mean? Like, how fast? Sprint. Um, I, I mean, what, no, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've tracked it like sprint in like a time. But like, like yeah, like twenty six miles per hour, probably top speed. But that's um, fast, dude. 
yeah, at, at, at top speed. Yeah, how much? I'm a, I'm a runner. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I love to run, but I'm also pretty quick. How, like, did you do running before MMA? No, no, I, I played, like, I wrestled growing up and I played football. Have you ever done, uh, like, a marathon, like the Diaz brothers? No, I, in high school, we did, like, 10Ks, but that was, like, only, like, six miles. And then only, I only got serious about running, like, right before, like, I would say 2018 and 19. I say, what's your hardest fight of your career? It can be just one of those kickboxing matches. It could be a fight that you won. It's more the questions kind of tailored to who gave you the hardest fight, uh, how hard did you have to de- uh, dig in this fight to win or, or even make it to the decision, who, uh, you know, put you in a position where you had a lot of difficulty? Um, I, I would say, obviously, I would say, Justin, John, I mean, Jonathan Pierce gave me, like, the hardest time, um, obviously, because, I mean, I took the fight on short notice, like, six days notice, six, seven days notice, but, um, I, yeah, I took the fight on short notice, but, like, he, during the fight, if we talk about just the fight itself, is he, yeah, he, I, I thought I had enough cardio, to, but he, I mean, he obviously has shown that he has tremendous cardio, but on, on so but on short notice I just thought like I still had enough cardio and he was like we were going back and forth as far as like, he was going exchange for exchange with me and then we were scrambling out he was taking me down I was taking him down and so at competitively that was like the toughest fight I ended up getting uh, the fight ended up getting stopped um he, he stuck me in a position and I was like punching me from behind but as far as like tit for tat how it felt in there um that was like the closest fight He's on a five-fire win streak in the UFC right now. Do you see him continuing his success and cr- climbing the rankings, or do you think someone will knock him off before he gets there? I mean, hard to say. He hasn't lost since he fought me. I mean, yeah, since after, uh, I, I was a start of his or the run. So I mean, he's only been going. He's only been getting better. It's only been had been time since that, and yeah, he's been only racking up more wins. So I mean, he's getting better. And um, I, I don't know. Depends who. Depends the match style of matchups. They gotta have a good pace too. Friend of the show, TJ Brown. You fought him. Um, what was that fight like for you? What do you remember from it? Um, well, what do you remember from the fight? Who do you think won? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're putting me on the spot. I mean, it's a hard fight, but I would go with I'd go with TJ. But are you saying that that's probably incorrect? Um, well, I mean, I just, I just asked you cause I feel like I won. So, um, and m- I mean, many other people feel, feel like, felt like I won. Um, that was not really like had no relation to me too. So I just, you know, I just, yeah, I felt, I feel like I won that fight. Where do you yeah, think, uh, where do you think you won that fight? Do you think that you out damaged him or do you think you like, what, what do you think, which rounds were the contentious ones where when you looked back, you were, um, convinced that you had won the fight well for on control time i believe i had like at, at least at least five minutes five to seven minutes of control time so that's already a third of the fight that's already so you might that's already five minutes five plus minutes of a fight and then um i i dropped him like multiple i got on top multiple times and i had the bigger bigger shots 
So I mean, control time, the bigger shot, and I dropped him with more damage. So based off of like those three things, I felt like I won. So he probably won off of volume. Bro, I might need to rewatch that fight. I actually might need to rewatch that fight because if it's I'm close fight, him... it's close fight. But I dropped him. He never did drop me. He he did like he did like rock me or he st hit me and he stumbled me. But I I literally I dropped him. Um, I had like five minutes on top, more more than five minutes on top, and just based off of those, I thought I won. But I mean, it was close fight. It was like. Yeah, I mean, obviously, because there was one twenty nine twenty, or there was one thirty twenty seven me and two twenty nine twenty eight him. I see. When did you start working with Dan Ige? Oh, right when I got to Vegas. Um, yeah, when I got to Vegas in twenty twenty, like August what's twenty twenty. What's he like? He's um very cool. Very um, Dan's very nice, very humble. What are your rounds like with him? Uh, very good. I mean, they're, very, they're competitive rounds. What do you think that he has the edge over you with? Do you think that his uh, grappling's better? Um, no, I would. I, I it's very, yeah, very competitive of his back and forth. He's one of my main training partners as well. Another friend of the show, Maki Patolo. Uh, when did you meet him, and have you done any of his war underwater training? Um, me and Maki, we've known each other since like the region or the the what is that called the local shows back home in hawaii so like yeah since up since i was a kid i've known maki just from being around the same same shows and then going on going on to this level but i've never done his um underwater training i've gotten the notes here in the show notes that you played basketball at some point why do i have this written down what's the story behind this um, no, I just, yeah, I played basketball, like, probably third to fifth grade, sixth grade, but uh, I was playing football at the same time, wrestling. I've done, I've, I've done, like, a wide, or, like, a handful of sports, so I think that's where my athleticism comes from. What's your favorite finish from your career? I, I mean, I don't have that much, obviously, a lot of, um, but I don't know. I don't really have a finish, uh, like, a favorite finish to my career i just um the next win is always the um the biggest one or the biggest one is always the one that i get next i saw that you were at 808 fight factory for a little bit when did you start there uh do you ever go back there just to see the guys um no so that was like my team that was like my dad and my um my uncle ron that was their team that they had um growing up and then that team um, eventually when it's separate ways, so that team no longer, um, is around. That's all we have time for, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Kai, for coming on the show. Is there any final remarks you want to say to the fans at home as we wrap up the podcast? Um, yeah, I mean, thank you guys for supporting me. Um, you know, thank, thank the media for, you know, any, 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 um, any light they, they show, um, they try to shine on top of the sport. But also, yeah, stay tuned for my next fight. Uh, I'm, I want to show a much better performance. Um, I feel like I've underperformed, and yeah, I'm just not happy with that performance, and I'm way better than that. Follow Kai Kamaka on Instagram, link in the description, and follow Anything Combat on Spotify. See you guys next time. Bye-bye.